You are listening to Faith That Works, a ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. Today, we're going to pick up a Sunday morning sermon that we have began in the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. Our desire is that these sermons would help you in such a way to move you to a more meaningful, deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Please stick around to the end for more information about our church. God bless, and thanks for listening. So fear is something that's very real, and the enemy has tactics to make us afraid. Now remember, this is post-exile. Again, I'll do a quick plug for Wednesday night. We're having a great time on Wednesday night, walking through the Old Testament. This is after the exile, after the 70 years that they've been in Babylon, and the Persians have given them permission to return. There's been three trips. This is the third trip. Nehemiah has returned. It's been on his heart. Remember chapter 1, he heard about the walls of Jerusalem in ruin, and he wanted to do something about it. So he took an entourage and went back to rebuild. Now, the last couple of weeks, chapter 4, right, there was conflict from the outside. It's the first time we see Sanballat and Geshem, and everybody's threatened. And can I tell you and remind you real quick that people will be threatened by your walk with God and your success. When you do well, there will be people around you not happy about it. Can you imagine that? But there will be people around you when you get that raise that will say, should have been my raise. They didn't do anything. Why do they, why, why, right? Drive up in a new car to your neighbor. See what they start talking about. Right? We, we, for, there's our human nature to not reward or not to, to help people in their successes. So conflict came from the outside. Now, chapter 5, last week, conflict came from inside. Remember all these injustices were being done. They were robbing people, selling their own children as slavery and their own wives as slaves because they were overtaxing them and they were charging them money. So there was this conflict on the inside. Some of you, even this morning, feel great conflict in your own home, in your own marriage, with your own children, and you can't be all that you want to be because of that conflict in your own home. But you have to remember, you have an enemy who hates the work. Can I get an amen? amen? You have an enemy. He hates the work. He hates you. Whoa, whoa, pastor. I don't want to, I don't really want to get into all this warfare here. That's kind of, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of creepy. And I don't like to think about it. You can ignore it, but it's still happening. You can ignore the battle. The battle still rages. There is a war in the heavenlies for you, for your children, for your marriage, for your wall, whatever your wall is. There is a battle in the heavenlies to make sure you don't get there. To make sure you don't arrive at the destination. To make sure the walls don't go up. Because this is important. The Jerusalem walls represent the kingdom of God on earth. This is God's city. This is the capital city of the land of of God. It's one thing to build a temple. It's one thing to build a post office or the, or the grocery store, but the walls are up. And now the city has been restored. And I got some good stuff to tell you here in just a minute. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. You have an enemy who wants to stop the work. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Can I get an amen? Hey, can I tell you, your husband is not the enemy. Now, Pastor, don't tell me that because, yes, he is. Your husband, your wife is not the enemy. Parents, your children are not the enemy. 
But you have an enemy. And you, hey, Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. The enemy can use people to distract you and to pull you down. And so we got to remember, it's a, it's a spiritual battle. We have an enemy who hates us. We have an enemy who wants to stop us. So when all else fails, we tried to conflict from the outside. We tried to conflict from the inside. Now, after Nehemiah, off with the head of the rattlesnake, right? You understand that? The devil goes for the head. He goes specifically now to Nehemiah. If I can chop off the head, hey, church, if the devil can bring down a pastor, he can bring down a church. Can I tell you, and I'm not making a plug for myself, but you need to pray for leadership. You need to pray for spiritual leadership, not just in this church, but churches all over. How, how much has the church been discredited through the years because of leadership that's fallen? And that's a lot to overcome. And the enemy wants to take down pastors and evangelists and those people who are in front. The enemy wants to take them down. We have to pray. And so when all else fails, the enemy turns up the fear. And this is what fear stands for for us today. False evidence appearing real. Isn't that the enemy's ploy? He'll make you think somebody hates you. And then you might even have the guts to say, listen now, brother so-and-so, I, I think you hate me. I doubt you say that. Is there, hey, maybe you've went up to somebody and said, hey, is there, I just, there's something between us and I don't feel something's right and the other person's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're good, right? But in your mind, right, I see a lot of teenagers here today. So how many of you sat in class and go, that teacher hates me? I cannot believe giving me homework on a Friday. Man, they hate me. Hate me. And, and then, then go home and tell mom and dad. Dad, Mr. So-and-so hates me. And the parent starts going something like this. I know it. I knew it. I knew it. I know it. Because kids always tell the truth. They never lie about anything. So-and-so hates me. Then mom and dad show up. Why do you hate my kid? And the teacher goes, what in the world are you talking about? False evidence appearing real. How many times has the devil whispered in your ear, that's never going to happen? Can't do that. That's never going to happen. We're never, you're going, that ship is going down. And inside of you, fear begins to grip you because all of a sudden that thought becomes a reality to you. It's false evidence, but it appears real, and it shapes us, but it's a liar. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, fear's a liar. Fear is a liar. You will deal with fear, or fear will deal with you. It'll grip you. It'll get a hold of you. Fear wants to control you. It wants to consume you. It wants to destroy you. It wants to have its way in your life, but you're going to have to stand up to fear and come against the fear in your life. So let's talk about a few things that fear is, looking at our story from Nehemiah. The first thing is fear is deceptive. If you'll notice, the guys in chapter 4 who were like, Nehemiah, you can't do this. We're coming to kill you. And then they grabbed a hammer and they grabbed a sword. Two chapters later, they're like, hey, 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 hey. You know what? We've decided we want to work with you now. We've decided. So come on down. Aren't you thankful Nehemiah said no to oh no? Right? That would have been a different story. Sometimes you got to say no to oh no because the enemy wants you to come on down to oh no. Because he's secretly down there trying to trap you. See, this is why we have to pray for discernment. 
You're going to need the Spirit of God sometimes. How many of you believe this today? That sometimes the Spirit of God can tell you don't. You'll be going along and somebody will say, hey, how about this? You'll be like, wait a minute. I, hmm. Something about that, what you're telling me right now, doesn't seem right. The discernment in your heart. You get troubled. You can't explain it. You can't understand it. But the good news is that's the Holy Spirit. We have a spirit inside of us who can help you put on the brakes. You're about to enter into a relationship or a partnership or some kind of thing, or you think, you know what? God hadn't done what I thought he'd do. I'll go ahead and link arms with this guy. And the spirit says, no! Ho, oh, oh, whoa, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't go there. And so you have to have that discernment, that voice, right? How important is it that you're close to God? It's so important that you know the voice of God, that you can hear the voice of God, that you're speaking and your relationship with God is to the point that you can hear him speak to you and you can say, no, 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 wait a minute. Because the guy, so here's what they, they intended, look at verse 6, I mean verse six, 2 of chapter 6. He says, but they intended to do me harm. They said, let's work together. Come on down, let's have a meeting. Hey, hey, Sanballat and Tobiah, Nehemiah, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. You know, we decided we're going to make amends. Come on down. And Nehemiah, something in Nehemiah said, don't go. And he realized at some point in the story, they intended to do me harm. This, this book of Nehemiah is not written by a guy about Nehemiah. It's written by Nehemiah. This is his journal. They intended to do me harm. So, church, if you're going to be able to recognize the deception of the enemy, you're going to have to have discernment. And then the second thing is fear is persistent. Boy, he doesn't quit, does it? Doesn't quit. Four times they invite him to coffee. Four times he said no. Four times he said, no, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this. And can I tell you, here's the thing. Listen to this real quick. The enemy wants to take you off the wall. Can you hear that? The enemy wants to take you off the wall. He wants to distract you and get you off your job. He wants you doing something different. He wants you not reaching out, not loving. He wants to get you distracted, pulled in a different direction. And four times they came. But Nehemiah had focus. He prayed for focus. That's the second thing. Pray for, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Hey, sometimes fear is going to crop up in your life through a person or in your own heart. And you can say, listen, I don't, I don't have time. I, I, I compare fear to this dog I had one time. I had this dog I loved a long time ago named Max. Man, I love Max. And Max loved my food when I was eating. I, I, you know, you're eating in the living room or somewhere else or even. And Max loved people food. And Max liked to get up in my business when I'm eating. Now, I have two options. I can allow Max to get up in my business while I'm eating, not nearly as enjoyable, or I taught my dog to get off me. Down. Not that nice. Back up. Don't mess with a fat man's food. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Get down. Your food's over there. 
What are you doing to me? Get, get down. Hey, can I tell you, fear is like a bad dog. Back up. Get off me. Oh, but da 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 Stop. Down, boy. You don't have any authority over me. I belong to God. You can't talk to me like that. Don't forget what God's called you to. Don't get off the wall. Don't get off the wall. Don't stop. Don't, don't get so distracted. And listen, can I tell you something? You start serving the Lord. Watch what the devil does. Oh, he's going to get mad. He is very happy with you just sitting there today. You cause him no problem. Come and worship, right? See, see now we, we're, we're so sideways that we're think, we feel good about ourselves for coming to church. And you should feel good. You should be here. The people of God should gather. We need to be together. But it's when we actually start doing something, right? Are, are, we, are we a family that sits around the table and eats all day? Or are we going to go in the fields and go to work? That's when the enemy gets upset. When we rise up from the table of grace and say, it's time to hit the field. I, I don't know about you, but my parents were born, I, we, my parents were born in North Carolina. They were born, they would tell you, they were born to work. My grandparents needed extra help. So you couldn't hire help, you had children. Anybody ever say, that's terrible. Well, that's just a different time, right? My grandfather was a farmer. That was his job. Not like a farmer. He wore overalls. He raised crops and he sold them. And he needed people in the field. So what does he do? Has children. His children go in the field. He was made to work. Can I tell you something real quick? God saved you so you could work for him. Not just so you could sit, you've heard me say this, on your blessed assurance until the trumpet sounds. Right? I remember as a child growing up in a Nazarene church and singing the song, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And I wondered to myself, can there be any rejoicing until then? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing will be. That's great. But what am I supposed to do? I'm seven years old. I'm hoping I'm not going tomorrow. What do I do? Until then, well, don't even worry about it, because when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That's just another heaven song. What? We sit around and we think about heaven so much, and can I tell you something? If you don't go to work, you won't impact heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven one day and say, this place looks a little different because I obeyed God on planet Earth. That's what we want to do. But we got to focus. I am doing a great work. And I cannot come down. Fear tried to take him off the wall. Then it falsely accuses that fifth time. Oh, yeah, now here it comes. Four times, let's hang out at Starbucks. I got a plan, sneaky plan, pull you to my side. He says, no, no, no. Fifth time, I'm going to write a nasty letter about you. Slander. Nobody's ever talked bad about you, I know. But for some of you that has happened to, talking to you. Wrote a nasty letter. Send ballot. Here's what I'm going to read. I'm sending this to the king of Persia. Nah, 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 I'm telling on you. Bill Noal, going to proclaim yourself king. Oh, you just want power, Nehemiah. That's what you want. You say you're here to build the wall. I know what you're really here for. You're here for power. You want all the prestige. You want all the power. That was not the heart. How many times has somebody told you what your heart was and they were way off? Way off. Here's what you're really trying to do. What? 
That's, that's not my, but you know what that does to us? Boy, doesn't that cause such friction in us? That cause, now, some of you are, are, are types of people that you want people to like you. Some of you could give a rip. Like, I'm going to do my thing. Bang, bang, bang. I don't care. And then some of us are consumed with the idea, I need people to like me, right? But either, either personality type, when somebody says nasty things about you and miscommunicates your heart to others and slanders you, it gets to you. It makes you step back all of a sudden and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that what people think? Is that, is that what people really think? I, I'm trying to build a, a city. I want to be king. Again, another attempt to do what? Get him off the wall. Got to get him off the wall. Four times. Let's meet. Four times. Nehemiah says, no, this will work. I'll write a nasty letter. I'll distribute it. I'll put it out there. I'll put it, you know what? I'll post it on Facebook. I'll put it on my Instagram story. Nehemiah's a jerk. That'll slow him down. I'll put him on, I'll put him on Instagram defending himself. I'll put him on Facebook arguing his side, and he'll have to stop working now. And Nehemiah says, no. Church, could we be that focused? Can we be that focused that when people say, what do you think you're doing down there? Just building a wall, man. Just serving a king. Just doing what God asked. Oh, you, think, you guys think you're all that. You think you're all that. Here's what you're really trying to do. No, I, in fact, I'm not even going to give you the time to argue with you about this. I got stuff to do, right? But see, we're so afraid of what that looks like to people. If, if I just stop and just say, I don't have time to stop, I'm, I'm going to go, we're afraid of what that looks like to people. So we've got to pray for truth. Don't we need truth? We need to know. Can I tell you what? It doesn't matter what you think about me, but it does matter what God thinks about me. What we need to be doing is so focused on what God thinks, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. What matters is does God like it? Are you living a life that's pleasing to God? Are you walking according to God's plan? Because God's opinion is the only one that matters. Am I right? It's the only one that matters. So let's think about this. So the devil tells lies. Can I get an amen right there? He lies. He, now, you know, for those of you that said devils never mess with me, you definitely should pay attention because he's, you know, you're, you're not in this, but you got to get in this. The devil tells lies. He says things like, you're alone, you're forgotten, you're betrayed, you're unloved, you're unacceptable, you're shameful, you're guilty. That's all rubble. That's the Jerusalem walls in rubble. It's ruined. You are ruined. You have done something so terrible. You will never be what God intended you to be. Sound familiar? You've blown it, man. Oh, you've blown it this time. You're done. You're alone. You're a loner. Nobody's ever going to love you. You're never going to be what God wants. All these lies. Lies. I'm thankful that God tells me the truth. Here's what God says. He says, fear not. That's good news today. Guess what? I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will walk through the fire, and you'll not be burned. That's what God says. That's what God says. So the next time you're going through a hard time, the devil says you're done, you quote Isaiah 43, 1, say, you're a liar. Here's what God says. 
I'm not going to be overwhelmed. This thing's not going to overwhelm me. I'm not going to be consumed. What are you talking about? Oh, you're going down. I'm not going down. Why would God bring me this far to drop me now? Why, why, would, God, why would God fail me at 48 years old? Why would he do that? He's not. He's not going to do it today. He's not going to do it tomorrow. Everybody hear that? Well, what if he doesn't? He may not do what I think, but that's okay. That's where we get sideways. Well, God didn't do what I thought he should do. Guess what? You're not in charge. Well, Mom and Daddy, I just don't like the way you're talking to me because you're making me do stuff. Well, zip it. You're my kid. Right? God, I really thought you'd be doing this by now. Why don't you just stay close and don't worry about it? God, whatever you give me is wonderful. It's wonderful. Can I tell you a lesson that I had to learn a long time ago? You know, it's November, so... Not that we should just be grateful in November, but we ought to be grateful in November, the whole month. You know, we've already got that. We, we went in Walmart last week, which I never go in Walmart, but it was like a Halloween. I needed some Jack and Jill stuff, right? So we hit the Walmart. And the Christmas candy's out before Halloween now. So just Thanksgiving, thank you very much. You sit off to the side. We're cruising to Christmas. I don't like that because Thanksgiving's my day, right? We take a whole week off at Southside Christian School. For those of you that are interested in attending, we take a whole week off. Turkey gets a whole week. Stuffing gets a whole week. You need a whole week. Because, see, I eat it on Monday, so I sleep the rest of the week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Turkey day is air day, right? And so there was a time that I did not realize we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of money in my home. My father had had a surgery, and we were paying off medical bills, and you know, we lived in a day where your parents just didn't tell you about the money problems. They just didn't. My parents kept that stuff private. If I had asked my parents, hey, how much money do you make? He'd have said, what is wrong with you? You don't ask me a question like that. You're a child. Zip it. I'll buy the groceries. You don't worry about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the way it was. We just didn't talk about that kind of stuff. And I remember one year for Christmas, not a whole lot under the tree. I was a little concerned because I was in that teenage it's all about me stage. And the one thing, I think I got three presents that year, but the one thing that I specifically asked for, I got. Which this is going to sound nerdy. Can I just admit it? Trivial Pursuit, the game. <laughs> right? What a weird teenager I was, right? I mean, ugh, sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. All right, so um, it is what it is. But, but you, you learn that, guess what, sometimes it's not necessarily about what you want. And if we could learn to live our life just content with what God's bringing me. I don't have everything I want, but God's been good. Daily bread, give us this day our daily bread. I don't, may not know what tomorrow holds. I am not owed that. He said he will take care of me, and that's what I'm trusting in. And the enemy wants to come in and cause you to believe something different. Wants you to believe that it's not going to work out, that it's all going to fall apart, that life is not good, but it's a lie. Look what some things in Christ. I am loved. I am forgiven. I, I just started naming stuff. I thought, what am I? I'm loved, I'm forgiven, I'm accepted, I'm worthy, I'm a child of God, I'm protected, I'm saved, I'm free. That's just the start of who I am. That's just the beginning. So anything different than that list is a lie. The opposite of that 
is a lie. And the enemy wants you to believe the lie. Fear is a liar. Can I get an amen? And here's the thing. Then fear recruits the people around you. Fear recruits others. Sometimes, so here it is. If I can explain the backstory real quick, there are prophets in town who work at the temple. Nehemiah is the governor building the wall. So the local prophet, which we know down the story a little bit, so Sanballat and Tobiah, four times, let's meet at Starbucks, but it was a secret. They wanted to harm me. They were actually inviting him to Starbucks to beat him up. Then on the fifth one, they write a slanderous letter. Nehemiah, what are you talking? I've got stick. I'm building a wall. I don't have time for you. So then when that doesn't work, they go to the local pastor and hire him to invite Nehemiah to the church and you tell him you want to meet him at the church and we'll kill him in the church. What a conspiracy plan. And so this guy, Shemaiah, goes for it and he says, let us meet together in the house of God. Surely this is not from the devil. This is the house of God. Shemaiah, Nehemiah, come on down. Let's talk about this together. And the Bible tells us later that they hired the prophet to bring him into the temple so that they could kill him. But can I tell you what Nehemiah knew? Nehemiah knew Numbers 18.7. Any outsider, this is, a, this is a temple rule. Any outsider who comes near shall be put to death. Nehemiah, if you read it, he says, I can't come down there. I'm not allowed. You invite me to the temple? I'm just a governor. I'm just a regular dude. Only Levites and priests and people who work in the temple can actually come to the temple. I can't compromise who I am to help somebody else. Anybody hearing that this morning? The enemy's going to want you to compromise your standards. Because when you have a high standard and the enemy says, oh, no, 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 no. That is too, nope. You're going to live holy. I'm going to come against you. And you're going to have to hold that standard high and never compromise. Can you hear that? Don't compromise what God told you to do. Let's just, I'll just use turkeys for an example. Just hot off the press. This is fresh ink coming at you. We've set a goal. Are we at 300 families? That's our goal. We don't have enough right now for 300 families. Don't have enough. So could we easily get together and say, well, you know, I mean, 300 was a good goal. 225. Okay. All right, church, we've decided to go. Now, that's just one example. But can I tell you what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out a way because we feel like that's the number God wants us to reach. Can you hear that? And so it's going to be important that as you're walking the path and you know what God wants you to do. See, God's going to call some of you to be a Sunday school teacher or to sing on the stage or to serve. And yesterday, you know, you could have been saying, you know, I went to serve and to hand out candy and this kid threw a bag of Skittles at me. I was just trying to show him the love of Jesus. And out come the Skittles. It hit me in the forehead right here. So embarrassing. I ain't never had that kid no more. 
I'm done handing out candy because them skittles hit me in the head. And I'm done. Really? Just a bag of skittles get you out? Because that's all it's going to take? Hey, can I tell you, for those of you that handed out turkeys last year, we were baptized by fire. We handed out turkeys in the rain and the cold. And I've never been so jealous of a propane heater in all my life. <laughs> Boy, there's a propane heater there. I was like, oh, that's a smart man. That's a smart man. Right? But can I tell you what? What's going to get you to quit? What's going to get you to quit? What will it be that gets you to say, you know what, I'm out. I'm out. I tried it. I'm out. I tried it. Can you go ahead and make up your mind? I'm never compromising. What's going to get me off this wall is when the wall is done. That's when I get off the wall. I get off the wall when we're finished, not before. Can you see the resolve and the commitment in Nehemiah? Never compromise. So watch this. So Nehemiah recognized that the strategy of fear, for they all wanted to frighten us thinking that their hands will drop from the work. They thought if we can scare them enough, they'll stop working. 6.13, he says this, for this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act this way and sin. Now, I, I, I don't know a lot about the brain, but I've read a little bit this week about this idea of fight or flight. That most times, like if a bear's in front of us, we're either going to fight our flight. But they've recently realized, and you probably say, well, this is not science, that most people freeze. We don't fight and we don't run. There's something in our brain that says, stop. Right? You ever seen something so terrifying and you don't know how to react? Right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a true story. We can tell the story. This morning, six o'clock, our, our house alarm goes off. My heart drops because I hear it immediately. And I jump up and I hear something in the garage. And something, I hear a noise in the garage. My heart drops in my stomach. I stumble. And for just a moment, right, you start thinking, what should I do? The first response is, that, oh, I'm going to get. First thought is, uh, uh, oh. Uh, hmm, what do I, what else do I want here before I just go downstairs? Of course, I ended up with nothing in my hands as I go downstairs. But realize the wind was so strong that my garage had opened my garage door. The door that goes into the garage, that makes sense? The wind was rattling the garage door so much that it popped open that door and immediately the alarm went off. Thank you, Jesus. Me and a door is about to go at it. <laughs> right? But isn't it the first tendency that just happened this morning? That, that was the, so my extra hour of sleep went out the window. You're welcome. All right, there you go. I was so excited. I went to bed. Extra hour. Thank you, Jesus. 6 a.m. What? All right. Can't wait for nap time. All right, so what are you going to do when, when, when the enemy comes? When the enemy comes against you, will you we can't freeze either. We've got to move towards what God wants. So what will you do? This is important. I want you to hear this for a second. Nehemiah decided that duty was greater than deliverance. A lot of times it would have been easy for Nehemiah to say, I just want out of this. I can't take it. Four times, letter, the prophet. Oh, my goodness. This is, 
It's ridiculous. These people are nuts. I'm out of here. I'm off this wall. They can figure it out for themselves. I've done this much of it. How many of you have ever said that or been a part of that? I've done this much of it. They can finish it from here. I can't take it anymore. But Nehemiah said, my duty is greater than my deliverance. What God's called me to do. So then guess what it said? He prays. Oh, God, strengthen my hands. Should a man such as I run away? Of course not. He goes, I will not go in. So can I challenge you? Keep doing. Just keep doing. Stop worrying about the deliverance. Don't even focus on the fear. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And even though the enemy's screaming at you, this is never going to work. I don't have time to listen to negative voices. I got a wall to build. I got a job. Hey, listen, some of you want a great marriage and the enemy's whispering in your ears. It'll never happen. It is a lie. It's a lie. You keep fighting. You think, I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time. You think I'm going to let my dog keep me from eating my dinner? Are you serious? I'm going to deal with the dog. I got food to eat. You hearing that? You're going to have to deal with the thing in your life that tells you no, because I believe God, and I'm fixed on God. Keep doing. So guess what? So in an in a anticlimactic way, 6.15, Nehemiah says, so the wall's finished. Think about this. We're going, we're going, we're fighting, we're going, we're building. Negative talk, we're fighting, we're building, we're going, and we look around. Oh, I'm done. That's it. I'm finished. And then we didn't read it the rest of the way, but then they kept fighting him after that. Now, now they keep slandering him after the walls built, right, coming up with different stuff. Can I tell you, the fight ends when we get home. Can you hear that? Pastor, when will the fight be over? When the roll is called up yonder. <laughs> You'll be there, and the fight will be over. Oh, Pastor, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of fighting. Can I tell you, it'll be worth it all when you see Jesus. It'll be worth it. You keep fighting. You keep believing. You dig in. Some of you want the easy way out, and God's like, I refuse to let you have that. I refuse. I paid too high a price for you. to. You, you want the easy way out? Right? I remember kids in my college class would say, hey, I'm looking for the A. What's the least amount of work I can do to get the A? Get out of my class. You have no desire to learn or be better. You just want the grade. Right? How many of you today, hey, listen, 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 pastor, pastor, pastor. I'm just interested in getting to heaven. I just want to get there. I'm not interested in, in being, like, controversial. I'm not interested in accomplishing great things. I'm very comfortable if everybody else has got 100 crowns and I got one, as long as I'm in the door. I'm comfortable with that. Shame on you. Shame on you that Jesus would pay such a high price for you and you sit back and want the minimum. I just want the minimum. God, help us. Keep doing. God will deliver. So in the middle of the fight, the wall is completed. And then I love this in 616. Then, then Nehemiah says, now the enemy's afraid of us. How, how cool would it be if you could flip the enemy's fear back against him? Now let that sink in just for a second. How cool would it be that I live a life that I'm not scared of the devil? The devil's scared of me. I wake up in the morning and the demons go, oh, Lord, he got up again. He's going to bring it today. He's going to get in the word. He's going to pray. He's going to bring it today. Oh, man, 
I was hoping he'd just kind of relax today, but here he is praying again. Here he is reading his Bible again. He's already talking about what he can do for God today. Oh, man. Alive. He's going to probably witness to a guy at work. He's going to invite that guy to church. He's going to come back and do candy again. I, tr I had that kid throw Skittles at him. I mean, I tried to discourage him. I've done everything I do. He gets up again today. Oh, boy. Hey, the devil ought to be scared of you. Oh, pastor, don't say that. Hey, greater is, in he, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. I'm not scared of the devil. I'm an overcomer. Right? Aren't we so, we're so scared, right, of the fear. We're so scared of the enemy. But my God is greater. My God is greater than any fear, than any lie, than any ploy, than any plot. My God is greater. Now, I'll tell you this. This is what the Lord told me this morning because I was up early. A little extra time to think about this this morning. Dennis will be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but not in front of a people and later, okay? So, <laughs> and the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul. And it's easy to go by that and say, what's the big deal? Can I tell you, the Jewish tradition says that's the first day of creation. Right before Rosh Hashanah, Right before, yeah, right before the holy days is this month called Elul. And the 25th day of Elul is when God said, let there be light. On the same day that God said, let there be light, the walls are finished. Whew. Listen, now what's the significance of that? Because the whole nation had been destroyed and God said, I'll bring you back. Some of you today, listen to me. Listen, every eye, right quick. I'm almost done. Wrap this up, and we're going to worship our way out because we've got a great big God. Watch this. Can I tell you, some of you, it's time for a comeback. It's time for a comeback. You need to put a flag in the sand. November 1, 2020, I'm a coming back. My wall's been down, but now my gates are set. My wall is up. Devil, you better watch out because the walls are up and I'm ready to go. Let there be light. God is starting. Give God a big hand. You can do that. Hey, so it's, it's time that God is making all things new. It's what he does. Isn't that what he does? God doesn't just kind of repair. He makes things new. And some of you today are thinking, yeah, but that's just... Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm telling you, there'll be no greater joy than when you can just stand up and say, I want my life to matter for God. I want my life to count for God. I want to do great things for God. I want to blaze a trail for the kingdom of God. Here I go. Let there be light. My walls are completed. We're back. Jerusalem is back. The walls up. Gates repaired. And then watch this. The neighboring nations were afraid Listen, listen, because they perceived that this work <laughs> had been accomplished. With the help of our God, when you come back, when you decide, you know what? I've been just coming to church. I'm ready to start. I want to start being the church. Or maybe you've not been coming to church. You're ready to start coming. Whatever step you're on, take the next step. And guess what? It'll be God that does it. Don't ever say, yeah, you know what? I just kind of stepped into that and I just kind of did. No, ugh, ugh, ugh. 
give God all the glory. God did it. Did Nehemiah sit back and say, look at these walls I built. Looking pretty classy. That's beautiful. He said, we did it with the help of God. It was only God. If any of you are here today, saved by the grace of God, redeemed by the grace of God, going to heaven by the grace of God, walking in the grace of God, it's only because of God. It's only because of God. May God get all the glory. Would you bow with me, please? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day, and always remember that Jesus changes everything.